Welcome to the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Kelly here. And today we're continuing our conversation with Taylor Elise Morrison. We're going to dig into her inner workout for herself, how she, how she maintains health and prevents burnout in her professional life. Let's jump back into our conversation with Taylor. For a long time, I've been a rider to run it And I took the blame, but I'm So Taylor, so glad to be talking to you this week. Uh, this already has been an incredible conversation. And we ended with you talking about your journey, this pivotal moment of you trying to balance literal, literal things probably on your table and figure out you're going to fix your week. And you saying, eh, I'm opting out of this. I, I'm going to listen to, and you said you're going to listen to your inner wisdom. And I wanted us to start there because I want to know about more. I think it's connected a little bit to more what you do now, uh, what you do now. And then I want to ask you how you cultivate joy in that work. So you left, you opted out. It was the beginning of a journey, but now tell us a little bit about how that shows up and how that, that moment turned into what feels like now, like a profession, like an actual career. I mean, you're doing things, you're writing about this. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's funny to me that like this thing that I'm not naturally good at has become my life's work. And yet it makes a lot of sense because a lot of times we are best able to articulate the things that we have lived and wrestled with and continued to wrestle with. So yeah, now today I wrote the book called Inner Workout. I own a company called Inner Workout that helps people build the skill of self-care and develops leaders who care. And it really goes back to me, for me, to helping people learn how to listen within and respond in the most loving way possible. And I'm constantly reminding myself and reminding other people that self-care, at least the way that I view it, is a conversation that you're having with yourself. You're checking in, what do I need right now? And then you're giving yourself, using the resources, the time that you have available, you're giving yourself that kindness, that loving response. So yeah, I get to do that in a bunch of different ways. And I also keep working on it for myself. Yeah, it's necessary. I, I feel like the same for me. Like I went and did all this work and got certified in burnout and did a lot of work in the burnout space. And it was born out of my own spectacular burnout. Like I had a significant moment of burnout and was like, had to rebuild my life in so many ways as a result of it. And it was just like, oh, I, now I, I could, from this moment and this learning, we can do something else. So I think it's great. I can make that a, a actual job. I think that's great that you do that. And yet, as you know, because you're in this field, even when you are preaching and, and you live a life that's just about the topic of self-care in this conversation, there's a lot of pressure from all sides to go out of balance to be back to the woman that you talked about last episode that's like got a planner easily. You could be the person who has a planner, has a laptop, has 50 different things, has has all these opportunities. How do you then create a practice where your professional life becomes joyful? Like what does that look like for you? How do you do that? I love this question because my tendency naturally mm, As I'm saying this, I keep being like, is that really true? I think my conditioning is to take things Mm. very seriously. 
um, I think naturally I'm really silly and joyful and playful and curious. Um, I think about even like the way that I relate to my husband, where I do feel like I get to be the fullness of me. I'm like cracking jokes. I'm dancing around. I'm trying to make him smile. Um, and I think that I, a lot of my conditioning, especially professionally, where we're told to like take everything so seriously, um, is something I've had to unlearn. So I think for me, as someone who gets to run their own business, a question I'm almost always asking is like, am I being a good boss to myself? Am I creating a job description that is challenging in a supportive way for me? Am I giving myself the rest and the space to create and play that I would give to other people who work with me? Because again, especially for Black women, it's so much easier for us often to create the conditions for other people to thrive than to create the conditions that we need to thrive. So some things that I did is like I got an office not in our home, even though ironically I am recording this in our home because the the sound is better here. Um, But I got an office not in our home that I like decorated and painted and it's teeny tiny, but it's like the space that is perfect for me. It's got like a walking treadmill desk so I can walk when I need to. I also have ADHD, so I need differences. I have a floor chair. So when I need to sit on the floor, I can sit on the floor. Like it is just the perfect space for me to create in. And that's been big. And I've been thinking about space a lot. At home, we just redid our room. I'm really sensitive to light at night. Um, so we painted the room like this moody teal and we have these gorgeous velvet curtains. And whenever I go into our room now, it's like, oh, I'm relaxing and I'm sleeping better. So, um, those are like, I, it ended up being two kind of interior design things that I did to infuse joy, but that's just what came to mind right away. <laughs> no. And I think it, it relates to, it doesn't have to be a big thing, right? So you start by asking yourself the question, we, what kind of boss am I? And I, I think narrowly for those of you listening who are entrepreneurs or own your own business, that should be a question that you're asking yourselves regularly. But even if you have a boss, right, you have a, a typical corporate or nine to five or you're in the service industry, whatever that job is, I think it is important to take some of the the skills that you said, which is like it's small little things, right? It's the environment in which you work. Like you made sure that you cultivated a space that made you feel good. And for folks that could be, you know, their little office at work, it could be their cubicle. What's in your cubicle that brings you joy, that sparks creativity or reminds you of something, right? It can be very tiny. You talked about, well, I, you know, sleep is important in all areas of our lives. And what did you need to be able to sleep better? You needed to restructure your bedroom. We sometimes make things so big. I, joy feels like this big emotion. And therefore, it feels like it has to include some really big practices to have joy. And the truth is, is joy is the opposite. It, it is a big emotion, but it is the culmination of a bunch of small things that you are doing to make your professional life better. You didn't say, well, I took a course and I spent, you know, $45,000. And I'm not saying that's not something you may have done or somebody else has done, but you didn't start with, 
I went and got a PhD. That's how I center joy in my life. And I gave 10 years. You started with, I have a walking, uh, walking treadmill underneath my desk and I made it pretty because that brings me joy. And I, I think we, we lose that. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. Something I will add to that. Even you saying like, I made it pretty. I was just talking about that with my husband earlier today. There was a version of me who I, it's interesting because when I was a kid, I was actually pretty into fashion, but as I got older, I became a little bit more utilitarian and would be like, it doesn't really matter if stuff is beautiful. It doesn't matter. And kind of want to poo poo the fact that no, I like things to be beautiful and I work better when things are beautiful. And like every day when I walk into our living room and we've got like along our back while we've got these plants and the sun is always streaming on them. And I get so much joy when I walk in and I see how beautiful our living room is and see those plants. Plants are really big for me. Being in nature is also really big for me. And so to honor the fact that beauty is something that is not only calming for me, but that brings me a lot of joy. I was walking my dog this morning and I was just like stopping to look at the leaves on a tree and being like, oh, wow, these are so intricate and beautiful. And how come I don't stop and pause and look at them more often? So that's something I've been leaning into is beauty and not acting like it's frivolous to care about things being beautiful. What if 2024, you got a little bit better every day? Well, when you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. You don't need to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have loved using Babbel. As you may know, I used to live in Italy, and Babbel helped me be able to speak to vendors, navigate vacation spots, ask for directions. It just made life easier. Babbel's 10-minute lessons are quick and handcrafted by hundreds of language experts that you can start learning to speak a language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash BGB. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash BGB, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BGB. Rules and restrictions may apply. Our lives are filled with compromise, but one area a Black woman should never compromise on is her health. If you're looking for a tool that can help you find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health, check out ZocDoc. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, there'll be no compromises because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. All of these doctors have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for the ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. 
I've used ZocDoc myself to find members of my medical team, and it has been so easy to use and connect with the right providers for me. Go to ZocDoc.com BGB and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash BGB. ZocDoc.com slash BGB. Yeah, I, I, that's something you brought up too in the beginning that I, I know I personally resonate with. And first of all, you said, I'm not naturally, then you paused and you said, actually, I've been conditioned to, I am naturally joyful and I associate joy with work. Uh, that's, that is your natural inclination because you're a joyful person, but you've been conditioned to be more you said, utilitarian or more practical. And I can completely 100% relate to that as somebody who, you know, I was a person who's like all business. I'm a very silly, funny person outside of work. I'm with people who know me, but at work, and I'm funny at work, but I'm like, let's get to business. Like, I'm not, dec- I never decorated my locker in high school. I was like, girl, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm, we're leaving in a year. We don't got time for that. Why would I do that? Bye. I put a sticker up, leave me alone. Right. I was a person that never did that at my house. Like, because I was like, oh, I'm moving. I've been moving all the time. I'm, I'm getting a new apartment. Let's just throw some plants here in the corner and hope they don't die. And I do think it's important to talk about that that is conditioning, like the opposite. What has been so rewarding about what I do now with pod, this, particularly in the podcast, is the journey to realizing that like joy is in our DNA, that it is in us to be joyful. We are countering that. It's when we go counter to that, that we are in struggle. And it's not just joy when like the superficial moments happen, but it's like joy at your job. Like most people are like joy at your job. Are you kidding? No. But that is something you're meant to be. We're meant to be joyful everywhere. And so I really am thankful that you brought that up and you brought that into this conversation about, no, I'm naturally this. I was conditioned to be the other way, to be the strong friend, to be, you know, everything's got to be practical. And what's fun? We got to get to work. I, that's conditioning and it's the unlearning and you seem joyful. Like if for folks who are watching us, um, you can tell in your face that you're very joyful, but even in your voice, it's clear that you find joy in your job. And so my last question for this segment is to ask you, what would you recommend for other folks on how to cultivate some kind of joy when it comes to their professional life? That is such a great question. Um, and it can be, Is this sounds so simple, but honestly, a lot of the profound things that we do in life sound simple. I have done this practice multiple times and just, actually I'll share two. So one is I've just written down like a list of what am I good at? And of those things, what do I actually enjoy doing? Because there are things, especially when you're the strong black woman, there are plenty of things that you're good at that you don't enjoy doing. And so starting with that list of like, okay, what's everything I'm doing in my job? And what do I enjoy doing of those things? And then see how you can like lean into those skill sets, develop those skill sets, double down on those things. 
if that sounds too abstract and like, I don't know what I enjoy, I just come in and I get the job done and I don't think about what I enjoy it. Something else that I've recommended to people in the past is just, you could do this on a sticky note, you could do this in your phone, but like for a day as you're switching tasks, just put like an up arrow or a down arrow. Did this energize me? Did this strain me? And you just start to realize, oh, I am actually really energized after I like spend some time in a spreadsheet figuring something out, which couldn't be me. That is not what energizes me. Me neither, girl. No, no. (laughs) But (laughs) you could be, and then you realize, oh, I'm really drained after I have to have like this interpersonal conversation that has a lot of, we're, we're like navigating corporate politics and that's draining to me. So just start observing. And then once you know what brings you joy, what energizes you, see how you can lean into those things. Gosh, what great tips. Um, First, great tip on the up and down arrow. So simple. I hope you all listening that and you took notes of that. And for my spreadsheet folks, hey, enjoy. Light up with a spreadsheet. Please light up and call me because I don't want to do mine. So, but yes, that's such a simple, simple, simple activity and exercise to do. And the second thing you mentioned absolutely is true. You know, uh, someone told me once that your zone of genius, and I believe this to be true as well, is what you are naturally good at and what you enjoy. It is when those things intersect, that's your zone of genius. That is what you are meant to do. That's what it shouldn't come to you difficultly. It shouldn't be difficult, but it also should be joyful. So those two things that you just brought up, up and down arrow when you switch tasks and knowing and listing out what you're good at and then circling out of the list that you have there, what do you actually like doing are going to go such a long way for helping folks center more joy into their professional life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those were great tips. And we're not done with you yet. We still have one more part of the interview and one more a day to connect with you. And we're going to talk a little bit about you started about beauty and things that make you joyful in general. So we're going to talk about when we next come back, how you're centering joy outside of work. Like, what does that look like? And I also believe that one of our inheritances and legacies is beauty. So I really want to hear a little bit more about that too, how you're centering more beauty and community in your life. So stay tuned more with Taylor Elise Morrison as we get into how to center joy in our lives outside of the workplace. that's it for today's episode. Here are a few ways where you can support this podcast. First things first, if you haven't subscribe and follow the podcast, we're streaming on all major platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. Subscribe and get each new episode as it drops. Secondly, subscribe to the newsletter. We have a monthly newsletter that is chock full of goodness and updates, as well as first access to all the giveaways we do here at Black Girl Burnout. Are you following us on our socials? If not, what are you waiting for? You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Black Girl Burnout and on Twitter at BLK Girl Burnout. Last but not least, make our day and leave a review. Your five stars truly Give me and the team so much energy and we appreciate you so much. Until we speak next, take care of yourself and take care of each other. 